Father, that's our prayer today is that we would be uh, the people that follow you, uh, surrendered, let go. And God, I pray that you would take us even to deeper places and spaces of that prayer. Lord, now as we open up your word, would you speak to us? This time is yours, and we're just so thankful to be able to join each other all across the city through this time. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Hey, was Sunday not fun? I'm going to tell you something. Just seeing everybody uh, was such a joy. Um, My favorite part was the party before everything really took place. Just seeing everybody for the first time, giving hugs, giving high fives, giving the elbow bumps, and we look forward to next month. Don't forget, put that on your calendar, the last Sunday of every month until August, we're going to be meeting at North Star Church. I want to invite you to be a part of that because I just believe that God is doing some incredible things, not just in those gatherings, but in our life groups. We're watching relationships being formed. We're watching relationships being healed. I'm watching people step uh, beyond the places where they were and into brand new encounters and experiences because they decided what we just sang to, to let go and then grab hold of something different that God has invited them into. So we're seeing God really do breakthrough kind of stuff each week. And so if you want to be a part of that, uh, right here, here, here's your link. I want you to connect right here with us this week. And we want to connect with you. We want to have a conversation with you. And uh, if you've been watching for a few weeks and it's time, it's just that time, just connect with us. We'd love to start a conversation with you. Hey, if you've got your Bible today, we're going to be in Acts chapter 4. I know I'm going a little bit slower than our life groups are moving, but I want to pause. I want to, this is on purpose because there's some things that we've got to stop and pause and see. I was walking this morning, actually. I believe that God woke me up about 3 in the morning, which is this weird trend in my life. And uh, I can't go back to sleep, and so I decide to walk my neighborhood. I walked up the street, and I get to this place where there's a, where there's a break in like the, uh, the woods. But in this break, there's a little bit of a track where her car had gone a long time ago. I could tell that no one else had traveled that way in some while, but the, the path was still open, and, and in the distance I could see a clearing. But in that clearing, it was, the sun was beginning to rise about that time, and I could see uh, off in the distance this beautiful landscape. Something came to my mind as I took a picture of this, and I thought to myself this. I I thought the road less traveled reaches destinations less discovered. The road less traveled reaches destinations less discovered. I believe as we have unpacked the book of Acts, this is really a people that are experiencing something like that. They're traveling a road that no one in society is traveling, and they're having encounters and experiences nobody else is having. I believe that those encounters and experiences are actually meant for us today as well. And I believe that God wants to take us to destinations we have never discovered. He's infinitely unknowable, and yet he takes us in this kind and gentle way to understand him each step of the journey. But in order to know him more and more and more, we have to travel with him more and more and more. And so this is the invitation for the church today. And I believe that we will see in Acts 4, 
just a, a, a cool invitation that they were invited into. They received, accepted, and stepped in. Do you have your Bible? Would you turn to Acts 4? I want to start in verse 23, and I want to go to 31 and explain this for a little bit. It won't take too long, but I want to give you three questions to end on, and I want you to talk with, uh, with your family or with your friend or with a neighbor uh, about the three questions that I'm going to ask at the end. So prepare yourself. Acts 4. You got it? Verse 23. Let's start there. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voice together in prayer to God. That's very important. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, here's what, here's what David said in Psalm 2. Why were the nations so angry? And why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this city, they said. You know, the first thing that I want to notice is the word all, all, check this out. All of them were united. All of them lifted their voices. What were they lifting their voice to? Let's give some background for a second. Here's what's just taken place. Peter and John, if you'll remember, we talked a, few, a couple weeks ago. Peter and John are walking to their prayer gathering. They see a lame man. They heal him. Crowds gather. They preach the gospel. Many believe. But here's what happens in chapter 3. The religious leaders said this. They didn't want uh, the propaganda to be preached. This word propaganda in chapter 3 is very interesting. It actually means peoples. It actually means a, a growing number of people. So the big concern for the religious group that, that day was that their numbers were decreasing. And guess whose numbers were increasing? Peter and John's. They didn't like this. So they had Peter and John come before the council and they begin to berate them with questions and tell them, you cannot preach in the name of Jesus. In chapter three, uh, Paul and, I mean, Peter and John say, hey, listen, is it better for us to listen to you or listen to God? We cannot stop talking about this Jesus because we've seen this. We've seen him and his message is true. How could we stop telling the truth? They go on their way and when they go to their friends, this is where we pick up in chapter four. So they get back all the way to their friends and they tell them the report. And then everybody begins to pray together with one voice, all unified. They were united around something very stable. But what did they unite around? They didn't unite around a personality. They didn't unite around a church name. They united around this, the word. Notice the, the filter for which they saw their life for a second. This is a massive concept, especially in today. As we are berated with information, we've talked about that for weeks now. But the only way that this multitude of people were able to be steady in this day was that they knew the word. You see, the word was their indicator 
for their life's mission. The word actually defined their space in life. So when they wondered, what's going on? Where did they go to to find the answer? They went to the word and they found it in Psalm 2. And they said, this has happened this very day. So they were united in heart and mind, but they were united on a firm foundation, the word. Does the word define your life? I want it to define mine. And you know what I'm seeing? Here's the the thing that I'm most encouraged about. I'm beginning to see the word playing out in our church. Not just our church, but I'll begin to call it kingdom. I, I believe the church is not just our little gathering, but the church is at large. All the other gatherings all around the world, we're on the same team, united by the word of God. Jesus Christ. And so as we meet at North Star Church, it's a beautiful picture of kingdom. And I just want to shout out to North Star Church. Like that is the picture of kingdom that I want to be a part of. Because as I look in this book and I read the word, I begin to see the word played out and understood, not just from a pulpit, but experienced in the kingdom. This is exciting days to be alive. And I'm just proud to partner with North Star Church. And I'm proud to partner with all of our life group leaders who are leading so well in these days, who are loving people that I'm so excited to to gather with my, my greatest friends on Tuesdays and walk the streets and pray and share the gospel with people. I'm watching God do incredible things in these days. But it's incredible because it's just doing the word. It's not not rocket science. It's not crazy. But it's just stepping into obedience and the call that God has placed on the church. And we're experiencing the power of heaven. The story continues, though, in verse 29 and going to 31. Here's their prayer. And now, Lord, look upon these people's threats and grant to your servants to continue. Underline that to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Look at the focus, continued. That means it was a pattern in their life. They were continuing. They were laboring. This is all about what? Jesus. Notice their prayer. As you see the tone of what they're actually praying, they could have said so many different things. Do this through us, Lord. Uh, make, make us great in this day. Do something incredible through me, God. And, and those, I believe those prayers are, are fine. But as you look at even just the tone of their prayer, it's creator God in heaven through your servant, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. They continued in this one solid truth from what the word points to Jesus. Now, do you know why They just point to Jesus. Do you know why it's all about Jesus to them? Because do you remember in chapter two, this is chapter four, but in chapter two, 
when Peter steps up and he addresses the multitude and many give their life that day. Do you remember what he said? He said, you who crucified this Jesus. Many of these people in chapter four who are now speaking the word were actually the ones who would line the street that day as they watched Jesus walk down the street carrying a cross saying, crucify him, free Barabbas. And now these very people have been uh, indwelled with the spirit of God. Love has captured their heart and they see that the darling of heaven was crucified so that they could experience the presence of God and receive an invitation to come and follow him. This is why it's such good news. They were captivated because they knew who they were. They knew what they had done. They knew the weight of this whole thing. And so they understood the greatness of the King Jesus who was coming again soon. They continued in this way. Ultimately, Jesus walked a road never traveled to take them to a destination that they could never get to on their own. This is the truth for you and me as well. Jesus traveled this road that had never been traveled before, could never be traveled. He accomplished it, but here's why he accomplished it, to get you to a place that you could never get on your own. This is the good news of Jesus. And I believe this good news is actually available to you today. Do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're standing there and you're right at that edge and you see the road less traveled and you see something in the distance and you go, I could never. Here's the truth of the gospel. I think you might be right. We could never travel that, but Jesus did. And he says, I'm, I'm available for you today. I traveled that road. And I will hold your hand and I will take you there with me. But it's the place of surrender when you get to the place where you say, I actually can't travel this road. I can't do it good enough. I can't make my way to you, God, but you could come to me. This is the good news that's available to you through God's servant, Jesus Christ. Through what he has accomplished, you can call out to him and the presence of God is actually available to you. He will come to you and bring healing and wholeness right now. All you have to do is ask him, invite him, say, I don't want to walk this road alone. This life, I don't want to continue by myself. I need you. Come. And I believe that right here, it's in this beginning of the faith that the journey can begin for you. If this is a decision that you're making, I invite you, would you connect with us? And we want to have a conversation with you. But it doesn't stop today, or it doesn't just, it doesn't just uh, stop right here. It continues on. Today, because of Jesus, we can reach those destinations yet discovered. We can see those blessings. We can see forgiveness. We can see rightness begin to be produced in and through our lives. It's not found in just rule following, though. But thanks. The appreciation is actually the power not just self-control. Listen to me. The power in all of this is the appreciation of Jesus, not self-control. You say, wait, wait a minute. You understand that self-control is actually a byproduct of the Spirit of God. That's a fruit of the Spirit. And so if the Spirit has not come upon you, then self-control will not be a part of you. And so what we've got to come to first before we say, here's a bunch of rules that you need to accomplish and figure out 
and it's going to lead you to the destination. That's not quite true. You see, you got to come to Jesus, and he's the, the sole savior for you to get you to the destination. He's made a lot of promises, and it's when you surrender the right to try to get to the destination on your own and submit to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. I don't want to be king of my life anymore. I let go, and Jesus is yours. And at that point, then the Spirit of God can come upon you. Surrender your life, be baptized, receive the Spirit of God, and then watch. The fruits of the Spirit is what's now produced. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All those things are production from the Spirit of God. I can't manufacture those. I can't fake that. And so if you need self-control today, I want to tell you it's not going to be rules that you got to follow to get there. You can do that for a time, but you'll find yourself in and out of obedience. What you need is you need the Spirit of God. That's available through Jesus Christ. If you have questions about that, we'd love for you to reach out to us. Start the conversation now. But the Bible actually calls this a battle. What I just talked about is the faith battle. Faith in Jesus is a challenge sometimes. It's hard to want to trust somebody else. I want to take matters into my own hands. But the Bible invites you to actually have a Savior, be saved, rest. That's a battle, not easy. But a battle ensures, or a battle ensues when you enter into something that matters. You've seen that in a lot of other elements of your life probably. If you want to do something that matters, there's going to be a battle. It's just challenging. But this faith that really matters and Jesus being at the center, I believe there's a spiritual battle that actually takes place for me and you. So when the church in the early Acts felt this battle, right, what did they do? They turned to this, the word and to prayer. Sometimes this battle doesn't feel right. Nobody's fighting like this. Nobody's doing this. And the people who are are weak, right? But the early church lays out a model for us. When they are persecuted and when they don't understand the times, where do they find their stability? They open up the word. And in Psalms 2, it gives them the answer. Then they're emboldened because they go, man, we're in the book. Check this out. This is modeling. This is describing my life. And then they pray to the one that they belong. And in those two elements, it solidifies, it, it calms. It gives them, actually, the power comes upon them at that place. But they didn't come to God begging, man, I really want to see these walls shake right now. No, they came to God because their walls were shaking a little bit. But they came to God expecting that Jesus was going to show up. And it was in the power of God that when he showed up, the world shook. God wanted them to know, hey, listen, your world might feel a little shaky, but when I show up in the situation, like I'm going to shake everything. I'm going to shake it up in a best kind of way. God came through more mighty and more all-striking than they had previously even realized. It says they left that place emboldened and encouraged to continue to speak the word, stability, consistency, same thing. I'm just excited to go after what really matters. Three questions for you as we end today. Would you talk to your family? Would you talk to whoever's in the room? Or would you consider this by yourself? And as you consider it by yourself, would you call somebody after you consider it by yourself and maybe ask them these questions? Here's my first question. When do you lift your voice? 
When do you lift your voice? All of them lifted their voice at the hardest time together. It wasn't just, think about it, it wasn't just uh, Peter and John leading. Every one of them lifted their voice. And what happened to Peter and John, they felt like happened to them. Why? Because they were one. They were united as one body. It wasn't about Peter and John. It was about the body of people that God had assembled. They were one. When do you lift your voice? If you're with your life group today, would you lift your voice today? One voice. And if one person is hurting, we all hurt. If one person rejoices, we all rejoice. Because what happens to you is happening to me, and I feel with you. I'm experiencing with you. So when do you lift your voice? Have that conversation. And as we read this passage, read back over that if you need to. But when do you lift your voice? When did they lift their voice? Second question, what should you continue to do? I love that they continued to do some things, but what should you actually continue? I want to have an encouraging conversation. What should you continue doing and why? Tell everybody what you've been doing uh, that you think you should continue doing because these guys were continuing to do one single thing. The third thing, would you invite the Lord to send you today with boldness? Now, let's get to the table. Let's share together. And today we're gonna look into the word and pray together. Whoever you're with in the room right now, let's head to the table and let's have this conversation. Thanks for joining us today. And we can't wait to see you guys next week. Love y'all so much.